Tonight, Bezer Hashem, we're going to finish the Pazari's discussion of his rules of diction. Besides the ones we've spoken about so far, so he comes to another interesting point, and that is those words which finish with a hey or another silent syllable. So, for example, if you take a verb like kana or asa, which perhaps in the three letters include the hey, even though in the context the hey is silent. So, if you talk about the future, so even though in its normal form, let's say in the, we just spoke about its two syllables, kana, if you make it the future, so it would be Nikne or tikne, nikne, whatever it's going to be. In other words, it takes the prefix that the future always takes and it comes three syllables. But we see an interesting thing, and that is once there becomes an extra syllable, in other words, if you're going to add the vav in front and he or whatever it's going to be, so then the word is a syllable. For example, the word kona in the future would be yikne, but if you're going to now say you know, he acquired, but and he acquired, you add the vav, so that becomes vayiken. We don't say vayikne. Or you have the word bono, which would be yivne. So it's vayiven. We don't often say vayivne. So the Kuzari points this out. And he says, you see, that words like that, when we, can, we drop the hay, so we drop the last vowel. In other words, instead of the last vowel being the, the segel that it was, Normally, if you if you talk in the regular future tense, so once you're adding an extra syllable to the word, then it, it becomes a silent letter, vayiven, and not vayivne, for example. Um, and the reason for that is part of the Kuzari's rule that we try to balance the length of the words, and therefore most words length of a word that doesn't want three syllables. So vayiven is already three. But we vayivne, it makes it longer. So he says that's one example. That's uh, one rule. And then he says, same thing when you have the difference between the segel and the tere. Now, sometimes the segel is coming when the word stands by itself, and the tere is coming to connect to the word afterwards. Now we already spoke about, this is the rule it's right at the beginning, and he's talking about the difference between S and Ace. That S is a word which stands by itself, and Ace becomes part of what comes after it. So he finds many other examples in Tanakh of a similar one, just in this week's Pasha. Ma'aseh Choyshev. If it's a Ma'aseh by itself, it's something which is made, or a deed, it's a Ma'aseh. But if it's an act of Choyshev, of, of, of planning, so it becomes not Ma'aseh Choyshev, but Ma'aseh Choyshev. Same thing, a vision is a Mar'eh. But we, when it's Le Mar'eh, I know when it becomes connected with its afterwards, it gets the tzere. Which is the same rule between tzere and sego that we saw last night with the comments. And that is an end phrase takes a harder syllable, like makes it sick, as opposed to as opposed to a leading on phrase which gets a softer syllable because it has to connect to the word after that. So that's the two rules he says now. And now the next thing he says, we're holding towards the end of... Uh, 
price pay. And he, this reading time we just said outside. He thanks the words Mary and Maisa Mikta Vichabrayim. And Kiyim Nechshavim Kaim, we take the last hay out, which is the hay. For example, we would say without the hay, which would be a mass, which or we wouldn't say it as a noun, but we'd use the the word maisa without the hay, like we said sometimes as the verb. When the last letter gets a segel, then we can make it into a, a quiet letter and finish with it. That's one principle. And sometimes you have a one-syllable word, which also changes based on the same rule. When it becomes connected to what's after it, or when it becomes a word on its own. And then here it's interesting, because it's the same rule as before. For example, the word for a son in Hebrew is Bain, with a terror. But when you're going to say the son of somebody, then it's Ben. For example, we have in the Megillah. Mordechai was Ben Yor, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish. Because since it's connected to the word afterwards, it gets the Ben. But when it says, uh, 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 not the son of, but just the word son of his owner. Sorry? Right. The Prophet says, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, there are times the Prophet says, Ben. And it says, then it says it with the Torah. Well, for now, sorry, shine the circle, and we have one syllable, which is sometimes a circle, sometimes a tear. And therefore, the actual sheikh of Sena had time in the rash, but when it comes on its own, and it's stressed on its own, it gets a tear. And a machaber of my daka has always said this in the dummy middle. Now he sums up, and he says, The one who could create the the dakus, the so to speak, the subtlety of this hafma, they are so this in the dummy middle. There must be hidden reasons also in the, how you bought the rules. The Maybe we explain some of the principles. Because already saying, I'm sure there are more. Similarly, we knocked the nurse off Ami Bakomet, Kashe Nesaf Bapatach. Right, that's an example of the same word, the same possible coming twice, that has different vowels. And here it's not just a question of where it is in the possible, it actually changes the, the, the tense from present to past. For example, Hashem tells Moshe that you're going to be Nesaf El Amecho, Kashe Nesaf Aronachicho. You're going to pass away like your brother Aaron passed away. The word Neesaf is used to us. This one is talking to Moshe in the present. What's going to happen to him? Like what had happened to Aaron in the past and the way we show the differences between the comments. Neesaf is uh, the past tense. And therefore, it's not the end of a phrase. It's Kashen Neesaf, Aaron So then he says that that uh, shows us the that shows us the tense. Zayi Hasegel, this is another rule, and that is when you have the time in the Torah. So, like we said, except for in Tehillim Mishle'iyov, whenever you have a zarko, it's always followed by a segel. But the way that it's pronounced, zarko munach segel, is that the segel is barely the end of a phrase. 
just because the the tune for the segel is blown out, then it becomes like an esnachta, and therefore the vowels under the segel will be the same as the, like an end point. We'll get the comments, whatever it's going to be, because that's a, that shows us where to make a break. I mean, so, sometimes it's, it's, it's partially in the past, sometimes the after the trap shows you that there's meant to be a, a stop here, even though it's not necessarily the end of a phrase. It's not an esnacht, it's not the end of a pasuk, but it's something which is, like, so to speak, said by itself, and that's why the, the time in the trap syllables show that to us, which is interesting, because a few times the Kuzari has put these two things together. The idea that the point of the Kudus is to make it easy to read, the point of the trap is also to make it easy to read. But at the same time, both of them can come in Shamini. In other words, like I said at the beginning, that the way that the Torah expresses that, so to speak, gives us the story as it was said, is by giving us the symbols how to say it. That makes it Ke'ilu, instead of just being dry language, it gives us the, the sense of when people were speaking, how they said what they said. And therefore, the, the trap symbol specifically when it's in narration, that is when it's saying over what people said, is meant to give the inflection of what they said, how they said it, as opposed to just saying the words that they said. Now, when the Torah is being the narrator, the Torah is just telling you what happened, so here the trap symbols are more to explain how to put the words in. Whereas when it's the trap and somebody talking, so it's trying to say the way he said it. And therefore, like we said here, Zarkumun is a is a way of showing that it's connecting a phrase and it ends a phrase. I mean, just let's take a, one of the most famous examples in the Torah. The beginning of Parashas Vayigash. So the trap is, Kadmu Vazner V, Zarkumun And it goes in something else. Vayigash Eilav Yehuda. That's uh, that's just introduction. Now what did Yehuda say? So if you look at the words of the Torah, it's one long sentence. But if you look at the trap, it breaks it. Stop. Now, so what to do? The is just the starting point. It's, it's not the end of what he wanted to say. It is just he's introducing himself. He's saying, let me speak. And so why does the, the trap come to, to end, the, so to speak, the phrase there? And now the next part is all one long hemshah. Now it's the whole next line of what you would have said. It doesn't stop. It all flows. So why did we stop over here? So that's why, one of the reasons, why Rashi explains that this was something you was saying on its own. It wasn't just asking permission to speak. Please let me speak. He was saying something. And Rashi's different interpretations from Rashi what you was trying to say with that. Either that you're not an Adon or you did the wrong thing to us, whatever it's going to be. That, uh, that that was a phrase on its own. The Torah separates it. How you heard it said it. There was like something said on its own, and then afterwards he said something else. So that's the trope, not the, the vowels. Right, so he uses both. The trope and the vowels are used to show you how something was said. <coughs> so that, those are the points the the Chacham wants to tell him. And basically, let's go back to why he started with all the rules of Dictic that he gave, us, gave to us. The king had told him, I understand why you, you said that there's a Chashivas Lashna Kodesh, because it was the language with, with which Hashem originally used, like he proved first. But he said, but what makes it an intrinsically better language than other languages? So, 
the Kazar is coming to explain that to make that it's a language that's built on more Chachma. It's a language that's built on Chachma. In other words, everything, whether it's the verbs, the nouns, the rules of how it's built in order to balance the length of the words, in order to uh, make it easier to pronounce, like we said, the difference between the persons using letters which are using the, the palate of the teeth or the gut rules, it makes a difference also to how the, the, the kudos are going to change. And, and the understanding is, all these, so to speak, these points of detail, this is, we don't find in other languages. You don't find that, like we said, in English. We don't change the, the sound of a word. We don't change the vowels of a word to shorten it, to make it fit in the context, to, to make it work within the rest of the context of the sentence. The words are always going to be the same. Right? There's only, I mean, for any, any verb you take, you, you're not going to pronounce it differently where it comes in a sentence. Uh, take any long verb, for example. Someone exclaimed. There's no other way to pronounce it. Whether it's going to be the beginning of the sentence, middle, end, it's coming after a long word or a short word, it's always going to be the same word. And the same thing when it comes to nouns. We don't find that the, the nature changes because of where it comes in the sentence. The word's going to be the same word. Which is interesting because the Abiyullah Levi is presenting that as a chisar. As a chisar, that is that it becomes, the language becomes more unwieldy. It doesn't flow, it doesn't fit into a context. That's one point. Now what's interesting is there's another, uh, and this is where Rabbi Levi ends, and he finishes his line. I could have carried on much more, much more to say about the rules of Rosh Hashanah but then I would have made the sefer much longer. And therefore, I will show you a little bit of the chokma, which makes up the language. It's not mufkar, it's not random. It's rather with reasons and with the tradition of how it's meant to be understood. So that's the angle that Rabbi Huda Levi takes in explaining Lashon HaKodesh, the structure of Lashon HaKodesh. The is, is there is another completely different route that some of the Mepharshim used to explain the matter of Lashon HaKodesh. And it's interesting Rabbi Huda Levi didn't go into that And that is the etymology of the words. The what? The etymology, the development of the words. The Hainu. Now, there's two ways to talk about this. There are those by the dictator, like the Malvim, of Shem Shafalhash, who take a certain approach of Sharashim and then have all the similar combinations of the same letters is already connected. I mean, there's some very strange ones in Ashash Nakodesh. They say the same letters, which can mean very, very different things. And uh, to try and explain what the rationale and why the, there's a com- comparison between the words. For example, if you take the Sharish, Lamed Chesmen. So it could be Lechem, which is bread. It could be Lechem, which is to fight. Right? The word Baiski Modalit. It could be Beged, which is a clothing. It could be Boged, which is to a rebel. And uh, what's the connection? Why does the same letters have such seemingly opposite, uh, opposite meanings? They have nothing to do with each other, as you'd see. I'm just giving you some. There are many, many, many uh, other words like Elashna Khadish also that the same Sharish, you know, the same three letters which are the root of the word, the atom of completely different meanings. So why is it like that? So they try and explain the, the, the connection between the different meanings of the connection between the same letters, even though they have different meanings, but there has to be a, 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 a similar underlying explanation, which even though the words are used very differently, but Lamaise, they're coming from the same place. Um, 
which is also a level of sophistication, national Kodesh, which doesn't exist by other languages. We don't try and build words from Shirashim which are connected to other Shirashim which are similar. Right? We don't find that, for example, in any other language, take English, you're going to find three consonants which have different vowels, which have different meanings. And I'll give you an example. But, uh, to try, we don't find it trying to work out like why there's a, what the similarity is. For example, if you take the, the letters in English, BRD, just the thing which comes to mind. Right? Now, if I had to put vowels into the consonants BRD, it could be bread, it could be board, it could be bride, bird. it could be bird. There's lots of, there are lots of options. Right? It's now, do we find that anyone's trying to work out one second? What's the connection between these things? What's a bread going to do with a bird? It doesn't work like that because, and it's coming from the same principle that I said at the beginning. And that is language which comes from how people understand each other. No one put too much thought into what the words are going to be. As long as we're both understanding each other, we can use any language we want. Whereas Ashna Kodesh, which is the Etsin built on a system which was planned Merosh, which was planned Merosh, so we made it and we can, we can see logic and we can see understanding much more in the system. If you're going to go a level higher than this to the Kabbalah, so then in Kabbalah, the Maisa, we know that each ois has a certain koyach, and the combination of the word is really the interplay between the koyachos of the letters which built the word. In the Sefer Yitzir, it talks about this right at the beginning, and that is it says that just like you have a volume, and you put a volume together, stones together, you can build a building, you can build a house, and depending on what kind of stones you have, is the house you're going to build. So it says the same thing, the letters are like a volume, and the words they build are called gotim, or houses. And the word and the, what you're building will depend on the combination of the of the koyachas of the letters you're using. And therefore, if you look at each letter as having a koyach, so then the word is a connection of the koyach of, the word you gave before, the base, the gimel, the dalit. So when you combine those things together, you get a certain interaction. And therefore, when you're using those letters, so then the matter has a certain there's a certain connection between them, and if that's the case, then also the, then you could change the order also. And once it's the same letters, there's supposed to be a connection. So for example, if you take the word lechem as we said before, you change the order, you're going to get melech, which is salt. And you change the order again, you're going to get chamal, which is to be merciful. It's just, it's the same combination letters, just in different orders. And uh, and again, that's the portion we're trying to explain. National Kodesh, LP of what we understand the Kayak letters are, we have to explain why there's a connection between these words because they're using a similar Kayak. That's uh, it's interesting that Kazari doesn't go into those levels, and I think the answer is Pashat. He's talking to the king and he's trying to explain to him uh, rules of, of grammar, which is something that he'd be able to appreciate without having to go into explore a new field of either the Ruchnius aspect of what the Kayak of each letter is, or the the Chiddush that we said that the the, the Shirash and Lashna Kodesh all have to combine even though it seems they're very different words. Okay, that's what the that's what the Chacham tells him. And on that the king answers him and says, "Adaf Amar Kuzari." The king tells him, "Tani b'zeh lechabiv v'noshnitzni." You saw me enough that I'm uh, I'm chabiv. I appreciate her. Uh, I have an affection for, I have a connection to this, the mind of Ashna Kodesh. But, now he's going to ask him for something else. He, having his accept, the, the, what we spoke about in this shower pretty much was let's 
put in the context of things which are uh, central to Klai Yisrael, in the sense of Eretz Yisrael, Avayda, Besamikdash, Lashon HaKadosh, in other words, concepts. Now you want to know, and this is going to be the introduction to, we're going to finish the second chart, this is the introduction of the third chart is going to be, having explained concepts of Yiddishkeit, having explained the principles of that, why we attach importance to various things in Yiddishkeit, now you want to know, what's the Avayda Sa'adam? The Avayda Sa'adam. What is the, what's the scope of how a person is meant to grow and become great in Yiddishkeit? In other words, this is where the Khazari is going to change from being more of a Hashkafa Sefer and discussing principles of Yiddishkeit or concepts and how we relate to them to Musa and how and how Torah wants a person to grow. And that's how he words the question of the king. And when Asi is explained to me next, Torah HaOvedelakim Eslechem. What do you call Ovedelakim? What do we see as someone who's, who gives a distinction that that's someone who's serving Hashem? And the reason he's asking is because there's arguments about this. What's the right way to serve Hashem? What's the, what, what's the level of service of Hashem a person is meant to reach? That's the first point. The Karayim, the Karayim of the people, like the Tzlaikim, the time of the Mishnah, only believe in Torah Shabbat Shabbat, not Torah Shabbat Peh. So he wants to know what the answer to that. The Deus, which means the, the concept, which is going to say, which of back up the idea of how we know what it means to serve Hashem, and as a part of that, it's going to be Kima Mitzvah, and as part of that, it's going to be Mitzvah In other words, all the all the Chalakim which apply to what a person has to achieve. And that's going, and this is just the Hakdama to Be'ez Hashem, we're going to see, we start next time, the Shara Shlishi, um, the, the topics that, the, that are going to be discussed. The important point to remember is that at this stage, the Kuzari has already been Megai. We saw at the end of Shara Aleph, when we saw that, the, when he argumented, when he accepted the arguments for the truth of Yiddishkeit, and then he, at that stage, he was Megai already. Here, afterwards, the whole of Shara was to understand concepts of Yiddishkeit, but they weren't in, integral to his decision. He, this is already after he was a Jew, he was now trying to understand. And then afterwards, he gets to try to understand, so what's the Lamaise? So what does Hashem want me to do? Now, it's very interesting he goes in this order, because I'm reminding you of the very, very beginning of Sefer HaKuzari. What sets him on his journey to look for, the, for a different religion? What set him on, on the quest to find Yiddishkeit? Is because he was worshipping wherever Avodah he was worshipping, and he had some kind of a vision or a dream that a malach came to him and said, that maybe your intention is good, but what you're doing is wrong. And therefore, when he originally spoke to the philosophers right, right at the beginning of the Sefer, and they tried to give him all kinds of principles of philosophy, he said, you obviously aren't what I wanted, because what the malach told me is, what you're doing isn't right, and therefore, if you're not telling me what to do, so then obviously that's not going to be the answer. Because philosophy is just understanding. It's based on a level of worldview which you try to impart. So what the Khazari was looking for from the beginning was what are the Maismis meant to do? What are the Maismis <laughs> meant to do? And uh, he accepted Yiddishkeit based on the truth of the argument of Harsinai, like we saw, or how he explained it, like we saw, and he accepted that. And then he first goes through all the concepts. Mesamekdash, Avoida, Yisrael, Hashanakodesh, whatever it's going to be. And now eventually he wants to know what are the Maismis. Well, what's the, what, what, how do you metal what the over the Lakim is meant to do? Okay, this was the point he was waiting for. You know, that's what he wanted to get to. But as you said, we see many of the Rishonim, and we said this in the Ikrim as well, and that is that the 
understanding the principles have to become before the Lamaisa. And it's a chazal. When Kaisha came to Mitzrayim, they said to Hashem, Xar and Xeris. Tell us what you want us to do. Give us, give us decrees, rules. And Hashem said, No, first, Kabri Malchusi. And then after you have a Malchusi, then after they'll give you Xeris. So we understand that the Aleph base has to be the the Makabal, the principle of what the Yiddishkeit is meant to be. And afterwards, we can work on the Pratim of what's meant to be done. And can you hear that? That's why, because I already felt that whatever is spoken to until now, this was the, this was the Gader, Kabri Malchusi. Understanding the principle of what the, of how Yiddishkeit works, or what, what, what it looks up to, what it, what it uh, gives value to. And afterwards, now we can come to what the person has to actually do, you know, as the Lemaisa, which, uh, would satisfy the, the the journey he began on that Masecha should be Ritzuyim as well, that his actions should also be what Hashem wants. That's what Hashem is going to see next time. Shalash Lishik.